Thank you for choosing to listen to episode number 49 of Kansas City Food Memories. Today, I sit down with yet another Kansas City food scene legend, Paul Corey. You're going to hear a lot of fun things fun things, and stories and experiences from him over his long career that started as a dishwasher at John Francis Chicken in the Rough in Overland Park many years ago. Remember, this is a tape presentation of a live radio show, so please do not call in or text in when prompted. Sit back and enjoy, and be sure to go back and check some of the other of the previous episodes of Kansas City Food Memories, and tell your friends. Thank you. Good morning. This is Robert Dunsing, and thank you for tuning in today to Kansas City Food Memories, where we talk about the people, the places, and the food that make Kansas City such a great place to live. If you're new to the show or you haven't tuned in for a little bit, here's what you've missed the last four weeks. Last week, I had Jordan and Diane Kraft. Jordan owned Cindy's Bedspread and Dinkeldorf's Deli. Uh, that was down at the River Key. I also had, a, I think, a Dinkeldorf's Deli down at 103rd and Metcalf. The week before that, I had Ron Reagan of Reagan's Riverboat, Reagan's Restaurants, and Whisker Rivies, and then Sunset Grill. He had a lot of great stories. Week before that, I had the wonderful Bob Walkenhorst of the Rainmakers, who sang an original song about Marilyn May and other memories from Kansas City, and truly an amazing individual as to the pop culture and some of the things that, um, that stories he had to tell about restaurants and bars and the most interesting thing that he told us, shared with us, that he actually moved to Kansas City to become a rock star musician. So that was really interesting. And then four weeks ago, I had the legendary Ken Hill, his son Mike, Bill Latimer, and Rob Baker, all from Gilbert Robinson. That show alone is probably going to spin off at least six to ten more shows uh, during the next year. And so that's... um. Uh, it's, it's quite a good show, so if you missed any of those, go back and listen to those on any podcast platform like Spotify, Apple, and Google. Just search for Kansas City Food Memories. Today, the phone line is 913-586-7798. We're going to wait to open the phone lines, but uh, the text line will be open. So if you have a comment or a question about something that comes up between uh, my guest and I, you're welcome to send the text in. Again, that phone number is 913-586-7798. We'll probably open up the phone lines at the halfway point, so you go ahead and program that into it. Now, my guest today is here. Um, I, was, I jokingly t- I said on Toby's show that is, he's here because his very first job was as a dishwasher at John Francis. Now, uh, John Francis' Chicken in the Rough was actually the fourth show that I had back on February 4th, where I had John Francis, the grandson, Whose, son, whose, whose dad and grandfather actually started the restaurant. He retired from the Overland Park Police Department. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your show. Yeah. So when was the last time you were introduced as former dishwasher at John Francis Restaurant? That's, that's the first time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about that place? You know, How I was, was their fried chicken? Um, you know, I was a dishwasher. I kind of just saw it, what was left over coming through, but yeah. uh, I was eating cheeseburgers most of the time, even back then. So, yeah. but, so uh, you were in what, high school? Yeah, I was in high school, and so, I think sophomore in high school, 16. And and did you have any idea what your career choice was going to be? No, not then. I was just looking for money just, to pay just, for Just a dishwasher. Yeah, just to get gas in my car. So Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, real interesting, Paul. You'll like this as a food geek, but when I had John Francis on, he mentioned that the secret, because it was a franchise that was called Chicken in the Rough out of Oklahoma, but the secret to what they did was the custom-built fryer that they had. And it was a great big rectangular thing that was maybe five feet long, three feet, you know, uh, mm-hmm. wide. But it was um, what made it so special is that it was deep on one end, and it was shallow on the other end. 
So they would they would actually it even though it was a huge monstrosity, it was still pan fried chicken. So that they could do everything from the big um, chicken breasts all the way down to the little wings, and it still be half submerged to be able to fry that. Wow, that's amazing! I didn't know that. That's yeah. I, you know, wouldn't you love to have one of those? Yeah, I wish I could find one now. I mean, you could almost build a fried chicken concept around that. Yeah. Because deep fried fried chicken or pressure fried fried chicken is just not the same as pan fried. Yeah. Uh, now I'm hungry. Yeah. It made me really hungry. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that the fried chicken is probably it's one of the two most popular topics on this show. Fried chicken. Yeah, fried chicken. Because everybody misses the restaurant and the the the, the number two topics probably. Uh, the steak soup from Plaza Three. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Everybody yeah. wants to copy that, and yeah. I've, it's been a, a hot topic here. And we'll get back to that a little bit later. So, Paul, what did you do with your life after your stint at, at John Francis? <laughs> you know, I just uh, high school and college, and uh, I wasn't very good at anything in college. I was working in restaurants the whole time. Okay. And um, my father said, "Hey, quit trying to be something you're not. Go to University of Denver and get a hotel restaurant degree." Okay. And that's what I did. So I went, got the hotel restaurant degree, came back and worked for Ken Hill, Gilbert Robinson for 10 years. Okay. So was that a, how big were they when you first joined them? They were big. I mean, that was. Uh, how many restaurant concepts did they have? Boy, they had, I mean, I just, I worked at, at uh, Houlihan's Plaza 3. My first general manager job was Sam Wilson's on 103rd and oh. State Line. Then I was the general manager of Annie's at Bannister Mall. Okay. Then I opened Fedora's. I was so you were general manager at the Annie's? At Bannister Mall, yeah. Okay. It was, uh, had the had dance fam- floor? Yeah, I had a family restaurant with an X-rated bar. I mean, it was just crazy what was going on <laughs> at that disco back then. So, so. Uh, what time frame did, did you manage there? That was uh, 1980, 81, 82. Okay. I was at Annie's. Yeah. I had, I've talked to probably 30 or 40 people that have had various positions yeah. at the Gilbert Robinson restaurants and, you know, some, you know, off the record. But one person told me that, that the Santa Fe, any Santa Fe that you're talking about was the first restaurant to hit a million dollars. Yeah, it was crazy. We were. Is that, we had, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, a million dollars in profit. Yeah. Yeah, not, we were doing uh, like three, a little over $3 million in sales and $5 check average and three hour waits. And I mean, yeah. how is it possible that that was, did better than Hoodle Hands and that, uh, Plaza just, Three? You know, our food costs and our liquor costs, man, we just sold, you know, margaritas and margaritas and margaritas, which were, you know, low low liquor cost, and then the food, Mexican food. Did you do anything on the food side? Yeah, I mean, I was okay. the general manager of the whole restaurant. Okay. But, but, All uh, right. So, I mean, the, the, when I first started the show, the number one food thing I wanted to find the secret to was the Annie sauce. Oh, the the salsa. Yeah. No, no, the sauce, Annie sauce. So you the, you had that taco salad that was in the oh, great yeah. big fried bowl. Yeah. But there was a, a dressing they put on there that was. You know, somebody gave me a copy. It said, do not copy. It was from the three yeah, ring binder, but it didn't work. Yeah, I so have the recipe somewhere. somewhere. All right. I really do. I've got but it somewhere. I, you know, I love stuff. that. So I was trying to figure out if it was avocado and ranch dressing, but was, I think it was more the tomatillo. Yeah. That really yeah. made that. You've got a good memory. I wish I could remember the sauce. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I, but I love that. I mean, just that was my number one favorite thing. Forget the salsa. Just give me a big bowl of that, the Annie sauce. <laughs> in the early days of my show, that came up pretty often. Did it? Yeah. yeah. I've but you know, look uh, since then, you know, the show, it's interesting that some things just take on life of its own. Yeah. You know, you can create a concept, you know, or, you know, I'll, I'll do a new line of products at the bakery or the cafe. And, you know, and you think one thing, but customers push it a different direction. And with this show, I, I didn't, I, the, the conversation that I have here on the show is what I used to have or I still have at the bakery. So people will come in and um, we do everything from scratch. My wife and I are always there. 
And so I always talk to people. So what, what do you miss from the good old days? You know, what is it that your mom or your grandma or your aunt or uncle used to make that you just can't get anymore? Yeah. And so I would start with that with the family meals, and that's what I would try to make. And then, then I started talking about what meals, do, what do you miss from restaurants? And it just morphed into it, and that was just a connection, a major point of connection between us and our customers. And I said, you know, this would be kind of fun to do on the radio. Yeah. And so I figured, what the heck, and let's just go ahead and try this for a few months, and here it is almost a year later. Yeah, and I think you made it. <laughs> I, well, uh, we'll see. Now, the next step, um, I, I've got to get sponsors because, you know, I can't, I'm not, uh, we will not keep paying for this out of our own pockets. So I've got a couple of people that say they might be interested. So I've got to get sponsors so we can keep the show going next, next year. Yeah. You know, but, but it, it's funny that, that it's how one memory triggers another memory, which triggers another. And so many people have come and said that, had told me how it's changed their lives because they thought these memories were gone forever. Because everybody reaches a certain point in their life that you just realize that, you know, that this is, it's downhill from here. And I've had people say that this show has brought back memories that they literally have not thought of for 30, 40, 50 years. Yeah. And none of us think that's possible. That's, uh, that's interesting. It seems like the, when we closed Yaya's on 119th Street, mm-hmm. I had so many people come in and say, you know, I proposed to my wife at the bar. Yeah. Can I get, can I get a piece of the bar? And I was like, sure. And you know, can I get a bar stool? My, my uh, father's uh, wake was in the bank room. Do you mind if I take a panel? So people were coming in with their memories of what they had at, at that Yaya's and started taking things to keep the memories going. So Yeah. So, the fr- so you worked at Gilbert Robinson for, what, 10 years? 10 years, yeah. So you got a lot of good experience there. Yeah. The what in the world made you think that you can go off on your own? <laughs> Uh, it was leverage buyouts. Then we got went through a leverage buyout, and uh, there was another person that took my job, and so I got let go. And um, that's when we decided to do Paradise Diner at Oak Park Mall. And, and uh, who did you do that with? Uh, my partner, Bill Crooks. Okay. Yeah, he was my partner for about 20 years, yeah. Was that scary or not really scary? Oh, it was very scary. We took all – luckily, when they sold – when they went through the leverage buyout, they, they uh, vested us 100% in our savings and investment plan, so okay. we got all our money. We took all that money out of savings investment and did that restaurant. And, and just rolled the dice. Yeah, we borrowed $115,000 yeah. and, and uh, went in there and did the, cons- the demolition ourselves. It was an old original pizza. And <laughs> you they, don't do that anymore, do you? Uh, no, not as much. <laughs> but they, had, uh, they were bricklayers that did that, and they, put, uh, they had a, f- a foot behind the bricks that they put up. And so we took all those bricks down so we could pick up that extra foot oh, yeah. all the way around. And uh, At Oak Park, did they charge you for that extra foot? No, we got, I think yeah, they were charging us from the very beginning anyway. For the oh, okay, so, yeah. so that's good. Yeah. But the uh, funny story about that is there was a man that came in with a trench coat almost twice a week, and he'd come back and he'd just look around, and, and then he'd walk away. And uh, every, finally, after a while, that we're doing the, our own demolition, taking wheelbarrows out to that dumpster out there. I finally asked him, uh, hi, how you doing? And I introduced myself, and I said, he says, hi, I'm Frank Morgan. And it was Frank Morgan coming twice a week to see what we were doing in the mall. So. <laughs> with, with your loan? Yeah. 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 So that was interesting. All right. So for the listeners out there, my guest today is Paul Corey. He's just not a random dishwasher. He's turned into a legend of his own in this town. I know that'll make you uncomfortable. But, you know, when, when you hear us talk about Gilbert Robinson, and we talk about how they're legends in Kansas City and they changed the restaurant scene, do you agree with that or disagree with that? Well, they did. I mean, it was... Uh, Doing different concepts, everybody else was doing one concept over and over again. And mm-hmm. they, you know, Paul Robinson and so creative that he would, you know, Alice Wong's and fedoras and you know all these different concepts. And 
Um, I mean, he would come through when I was a manager. I mean, he'd come through and, and work with me on the lighting levels and the music levels and, you know, go through the whole restaurant and what the atmosphere was supposed to be like. So people felt great. I mean, the lighting was to make sure that women look good in the restaurant and where, where you wanted the lighting level. So he was amazing. He taught me a lot about how to make restaurants feel comfortable. And, about every aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's my listeners have heard this story, but I had Jasper on my show several months ago, and he's talked. Um, he, he told the story about Paul Robinson coming in, and when they were at the old place, they were going to build the new the the new one's been there for what thirty years, yeah. but building that Paul Robinson said, you know, you can't take those chairs with you. He goes, those are those chairs too good. You need a ninety minute ass chair. <laughs> and he goes, what are you talking about? He goes, if you do those chairs. If you switch to these 90-minute ass chairs, they'll be comfortable for the meal, but they won't want to stick around for three hours. You'll get one more turn, you know, on, yeah. on your dining room. And he goes, sure enough. He goes, we, we, he said, we spent a lot of money on those chairs. They yeah. didn't look as comfortable, weren't as comfortable, but yeah. people loved them. And once you hit about 90 minutes, they said, well, time to go. Yeah. I probably learned more from Paul Robinson and Ron Barkley than any, any two people. At, uh, and Phil Hickey. Those are the three guys that go with Robinson that really kind of – Molded me of what I what what I wanted to do future. future okay, the, the other two people that you mentioned, what did you learn from them, or what did they do? What were their positions there, and what kind of Ron things Barkley did you? Ron Barkley was uh, he was my area director when I was a manager trainee, and then he um, became the vice president, and then after that he came to work for for PB and J. He taught me hospitality. You know, he taught me how to take care of people and how to make people feel important, and uh, he was was all about hospitality. Okay, and so like, a, what did he? What what was his belief that really was different from other people and that still sticks with you today? Um, hire friendly people, you know, and then just teach them the job, but let them go after it and just go and use their personalities. And, um, you know, just Ron was at the front door and said hello and made eye contact. Look at him before they could choose, smile before he smile you and talk to him before they talk to you. That's Ron Barkley. So, um, yeah, he was amazing. You know, so it's um, you were um, we had miscommunication here last week, and so I had Jordan Kraft here, yeah. and his wife was here, and you and you knew her. Yeah, she was a bartender, one of our first bartenders at Paradise Diner, and and uh, that little bar at Paradise Diner, I think, it was the only place you could get liquor at Oak Park Mall, and she had that thing wrapped. I mean, you know, I remember that restaurant. I was so disappointed when it closed. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was time for us to move on. Our lease yeah. was up, and I mean, it was it was pretty unique. I mean, yeah. were there very many malls that no. had a true a real restaurant in it? Well, we thought it was not a big deal because I was running Annie Santa Fe before it at Oak yeah. Park Mall, and they had a lot of hula hands, and that was the only real restaurant that went into Oak Park. Yeah. And uh, but uh, right around near December at Oak Park Mall, all the all the husbands would be sitting at the bar, and the women would just keep bringing packages, all their wives, <laughs> and so you had to like step over packages yeah. while everybody was sitting at the bar drinking yeah. and waiting for their wives to get done with the Christmas shopping. But uh, Diane's personality is what everybody came in for. Her and her sister, Debbie, they were the two uh, bartenders there. And they just, uh, I learned that if you have a great bartender, your bar is going to be busy. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I want to have her back on the show. I didn't yeah. tell her yet. So she, uh, she came in with Jordan and then um, she said, I'm not going to talk. I said, don't worry, you don't have to talk. And I, I lied. I asked her a couple of questions. I mean, she was just, she was, I could tell she has a lot of good stories oh, to yeah. share. She's not a quiet girl. She oh, can, yeah, I'm surprised <laughs> she didn't talk. So. Yeah, well, she, did, she didn't want to interfere, you know, with Jordan yeah. and some of those old stories about, because that Jordan um, had um, Cindy's bedspread yeah. and Dinkeldorf's, which were quite unique. Yeah, it's funny. My son says, where, where's the River Key? 
Yeah. I had to go through all around with, with, about River Key and River Market and what it was now. So, yeah. Well, you know, the, the people nowadays don't understand this. Spell Q-U-A-Y. Yeah. So if you Google River Key and you don't spell it correctly, oh, yeah. you won't find the different yeah. things. I didn't think about it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, but, but so that was interesting. So who was the other person you mentioned that taught you a lot? Uh, Phil Hickey. He's, okay. uh, he was a general manager of Plaza 3 when I was an assistant manager there, and we had uh, Bebas downstairs. It was crazy. But he's, uh, he taught me how to follow up, follow up, follow up. You know, he said just got to continue to follow up on everything. And he was amazing at follow up. And um, he's, I think he was president of Red, Rare Hospitality and Cookers and, and uh, I forget, he's president now of uh, Miller's Ale House. Okay. Or CEO of Miller's Ale House. Yeah, it's, uh, All right. So you went and started uh, Paradise Diner, right. and I missed that. I'm I understand um, who they replaced that with, uh, the Rainforest? Rainforest, Rainforest Is that Rainforest why they Cafe. kicked you out? Yeah, well, no, with our lease was up, and they were going to move us somewhere else, and rent was too high. So yeah. So, yeah, we got to move on. Well, you know, uh, the those old owners of Oak Park, of the big malls and the owners mm-hmm. of the plaza <clears throat> don't understand the importance of the mix, the tenant mix. You know, the, the magic of the plaza were those locally owned bars and restaurants. Yeah when they got rid of you and uh, those places and then replaced them with national chains. And if there's no difference between going to that mall or going to mall in St. Louis or Chicago, what's, what's the point? Yeah. I think what happened is the local owners yeah. sold out to the big guys. And yeah. that's when they started putting the well, national chains in and going for the high rents. Well, when you have New York teachers union that paid $2 billion, <laughs> they want to increase that to one, that's bu- right. another 1 billion. So that's too bad. So what other restaurants did you open after? Well, it was after uh, paradise. Coyote grill was our second restaurant and, Towards the end there, we had uh, 10,000 parking places for ourselves out of Mission Center at the end. But uh, it was a great restaurant. We stuck it out there until the mall closed. And then our third restaurant, which very few people know about, was City Scene, which was downtown, 12th and Main. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, we had uh, phones on every table. It was in the AT&T building. We had phones on every table. We had a secretary there that could come and do dictation and, and uh, type up a, a memo for you. We had free fax. Really? Back then, they were, we were giving How people, long did that last? It lasted about two years. Cause okay. It was the busiest restaurant for an hour and a half a day. And oh, then every, yeah. You know, sidewalks, there wasn't anything going on downtown. The lowest crime rate in the city was downtown Kansas City back then because there wasn't anybody to, to, to rob or do Yeah. So, and then we had Grand Street was our fourth. Okay. And then um, Yaya's was our fifth restaurant. And then uh, we did that in Wichita and Denver and St. Louis. And then we did uh, Paulo and Bill's. Yahoo's. Okay, let's take that in order. So Grand Street Cafe, you don't still own that, right? No. Uh, Rick Gallardi, which was a general manager for us for 15, for 20 years, uh-huh. him and his wife bought it. And I think they just recently sold it, too. So they still have the Grand Street out in Lenexa, though. Okay, that's the one I go to. Yeah, I live so out there. Yeah, Rick is, uh, talk about hospitality. The food is the food is really good, but yeah. the, the service is fantastic. Yeah, well, Rick Gallardi is, uh, he's the king of hospitality, you know, and uh, people still... Still talk about Rick when the people say, who was that guy? And I go, Rick Gillardi. He goes, oh, yeah. Check out Lenexa. You'll see him there. So. All right. So when you sold to Grand Street, you sold to the people that that ran it. Yeah. Well, all our restaurants, I think almost all of our restaurants, we sold to the general managers. Right. Well, that, that, that's, what I, that's the point I was going uh, yeah. to th- th- get to. I mean, that's unusual. So uh, Paulo and Bills? Sold to Jim and Kathy Marks, and right. they're still there running it. And I mean, that's been, boy, that's been 20 years. And they're, okay. So where did the name Paulo and Bills come from? It was my old partner and, and me, so we just called Paul and Bill's uh, Ristorante Italian. That was our Italian concept. And I think that was one of the first really nice, 
I mean, it wasn't a fancy restaurant, but it was a fancier restaurant. Yeah. And it's, it was because I lived in Lenexa, and it was just a food. I remember I the first dish I got there, that that was one of the first dishes I absolutely fell in love with, whereas a young 20-some-odd nerd asked for the chef, <clears throat> and that was the chicken marsala. That was great. And I remember the chef coming out, and I was talking to him. I said, why is this so much better than anything I've ever had? And I worked for an industrial electronics company, so we traveled a lot and ate a lot of places. He goes, well, you know, you start with, you know, with uh, three gallons of, of wine. And I, he goes, I simmer it down for, for like 20 hours. Yeah, the stock. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, the stocks would cook all night out there. But uh, Jim and Kathy have done a great job. And they're, they're still running it. And um, amazing restaurant that's been there that long. I mean, when you look how long restaurants have stuck around, they have just great food, great service, and they've kept it going for that long. So ah, That's yeah, amazing. All right, so then um, Yaya's. Yeah. Named after your grandmother? Grandma, well, it means grandmother in Greek. And so okay. my uh, grandmother, my yaya, would come every summer and spend three months with us. And uh, she'd take one day to get over jet lag, and then she'd start cooking. And uh, <laughs> my mother would say, uh, my mom quit cooking, and my father would say, keep cooking, keep cooking. In fact, he took the hall closet where we had all our coats, took all the coats out of there and put shelves in there so he could put all the pastries that she made in there to so after she left, we still had pastries and food, but uh, <laughs> she was a great cook. All right, so what does Euro Bistro mean? Oh, European Bistro, but we, you know, we were trying to be, trying to be cool and hip, and we came up with Euro Bistro. Okay, and, yeah, uh, it's. Um, I'd probably have to say if it's not the best, it's one of the two best Sunday brunches I've ever been oh, to. Thank you. Yeah, um, we're proud of our Sunday brunch. The, the 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 variety of quality foods that you have there is just. Thank you. Because I'm at the age now that I, I don't go to a brunch because it's a buffet. I can eat eight plates of food. I want a variety of excellent foods. Yeah, thank you. We, without ordering nine things off the menu. We work hard on it. You know, I think the other thing great about our Sunday brunch is when you order an omelet or an eggs benedict, we cook it to order. It's not sitting in a chafing dish, so serve it fresh to you. And the pancakes, when you order pancakes, they're not sitting in the chafing dish also. We make them fresh for you. And... um you know, a lot of places have shrimp on the buffet. We we put ours already peeled for you, so you're not yeah. trying to peel that shrimp. So yeah. I think that's, that's some of the value of, on our buffet. And the other thing about just a quick plug, if you come between 10 and 11, it's, uh, I forget how much off, but there's a discount. I think it's $10 off or $5 off if you come in between 10 and 11. Good. So, yeah. so I'll go I'll go there tomorrow and tell them you said it was $10 yeah. off. Yeah, get there at eight at uh, <laughs> 10.59. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right, so... There's a Yaya's in Salina, Kansas. Oh, yeah. Why in the world would you put <laughs> a high-end, wonderful rest- restaurant like that in Salina, Kansas? Salina, Kansas is amazing. I don't, I, um, I don't know if you've been in downtown. They've redone the entire downtown. 75,000 people live in Salina, but um, it's really a regional city. So instead of in Overland Park, we have like a three-mile radius. In Salina, we have a 75-mile radius because everybody doesn't mind driving an hour, and they all drive 75 miles an hour. Yeah. And they come to Salina, they go to, you know, the grocery store or Walmart or you know, Sam's and uh, come to Yaya's and have a great dinner and, uh, and then drive home. And the other part about Salina also is that hotel there. Before, you had to drive to um, Topeka or Wichita to have a, a meeting or office, you know, con- convention or, or good something. Good food, yeah. Yeah, now you can... Just go to Salina and go to the Homewood Suites there and have a great, great banquet rooms and great meeting rooms. And well, I'd heard about this a few months ago because one of my employees, Amy, has family from Salina. And they talk about how big of a deal it was to have that nice of a restaurant yeah. in, in Salina yeah, the, and how well supported that it is. The Blue Beacon Company helped us 
gave us convinced us to come there. My wife has done a couple um, day trips down there, spend the night, and they go to the uh, theater there, and they had I think they went and saw uh, um, I can't remember the name of the, the the group they went and saw, but they went down there for a concert, went shopping, went to the Eisenhower Museum, ate at Yaya, spent the night, came home. So yeah, a nice day trip. Jackson Brown. That's okay. where they went and saw there. They had some great concerts yeah. in, in Salina. So. so have you opened up any other restaurants in odd locations like that? Well, we have a Red Robin in Topeka, Kansas, up on the hill up there. <laughs> and we're the only red, only thing okay, up there. Okay, careful to say how weird and odd uh, Topeka is. I've got family from Topeka that's oh, no, coming no, no. to the bakery today. It's this location. It's the worst location in the history of restaurants. I, when people, I take people up there and go... Is that on Wanamaker? Yeah, but it's the wrong way. And <laughs> yeah. you turn left to go to all, all the things. You go right on this, go around the... The roundabout, and you go up there, and there's one restaurant up there. And the, remember, the movie theater was there; it closed. Oh, yeah. And yeah. So it's oh, us. so you're back there behind the Sam's. Yeah, well, there's no Sam's Menards. up there. We're up there okay. on the top. There's a, a Hyatt place, a Landmark Bank, <laughs> and us. And uh, we do really well up there. But that's uh, probably the worst location in the history of why. Restaurants. So why did you decide to go to Topeka like that, and why that location? Because um, you make all the decisions. Well, there was going to be a huge shopping center behind us, and all these stores that were coming in, and and I don't know what happened, but yeah. none of those stores ever happened, and yeah. we still bought that piece of property, and we've been up there for it's got to be fifteen years now, I think. And we're right. doing so. So you have all these independent restaurants. How many Red Robins do you have? Nine, nine Red Robins. Okay, why did you do that? And how different uh, is that? This is right after two thousand, you know, right after nine eleven, and we wanted something that had a, like a ten dollar check average because our restaurants had were a little bit higher check average and more business account. People weren't traveling. Email became secure. You didn't have to go and have face-to-face meetings. And so we needed something that had a $10 check average. And I was walking through um, Denver Yaya's through the bar, and there's a guy with a Red Robin jacket on. And I said, oh, I love Red Robin. He goes, oh. I said, who are you? I said, I'm the owner of Yaya's. He goes, oh, we love Yaya's. We bring all, I'm the president of Red Robin. We bring all our guys to Yaya's when we're potential franchisees. I said, well, I've been calling for a franchise. No one will call me back. Call me back the next day, and that's how we ended up just lucky, right place, <laughs> right time. Yeah, so that's how we. Well, got you make your own luck. Yeah. Thank so, you. how different is that being a franchisee? I mean, are your hands really tied a lot more than you would do before? Yeah, I think so. But we learned a lot from the systems that they have, and and because um, not all those not all those chains are are the same. You know the the commitment to systems and consistency yeah. and the service side of it. Yeah, their their systems are amazing. They're their safety sanitation standards are the, probably the highest in the in the country. They their number one priority is safety sanitation. I remember um, um, they're always saying that it doesn't matter how good your food is, how good your service is, and if you make somebody sick or kill somebody, yeah, it's not going to matter. So that number one safety sanitation. So well, good. So um, do they still do the bottomless all oh, you yeah. can eat fries? Yeah. That's all, that's the value, and uh, I can't help it. I go in there and I'm, you know trying not to eat carbs, and there I have a basket of fries and that campfire sauce, and I just yeah. sit there and eat the whole basket of fries even before I get my. Is that the in. special ketchup they have? The campfire sauce. Yeah. Okay. The campfire sauce is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So see, I I I do eat at places like that too. Still. Yeah. You know, you you can be a foodie, but you can still respect good quality oh, and yeah. good service and all of that. And best milkshakes. I'm telling you, that chocolate milkshake. I get a cheeseburger and a milkshake. I'm really? in heaven. Really. I'm in heaven. Does it yeah. come out of a machine or do they make it? Oh, we make it. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going there in the next few days. I, I'm, I, I am a sucker for a good chocolate milkshake, yeah. and it's so hard to find. That's my 
I think that'd be my last meal, cheeseburger and a, a big chocolate milkshake. So. Really? Yeah, I love it. Oh, that'd be... All right, so there's a texter wants us to repeat the information about the buffet, talking about it, yaw So how many yaw do you have in town? Just, just one. Just the one? Yeah, okay. 137th and Metcalf and Corbin Park there. All right, so it's a, it's a buffet. It has all kinds of fantastic mm-hmm. food. Me, the host of the show that doesn't work there, tell you it's, it's one of probably the two best Sunday brunch buffets in, in Kansas City. Thanks. Yes, yeah, from 10 to 2 on okay. Sundays. And uh, I think if you get there between 10 and 11, it's... Uh, it is a discount. A discount. Yeah. I don't remember if it's 5 or $10 yeah. discount. But, um, yeah. again, everything's made fresh at Yaya. So all, yeah. those, all those items that are put out there are fresh. And, all right. So um, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I've got a couple of messages to give. And we'll get back. I want to talk about how you take care of your employees. Okay. And it's because uh, you do a couple of things that really set you apart and set the tone for... Uh, it, again, that's what makes you legendary in the same way that I call Gilbert Robinson legendary. I know yeah. you don't like hearing that, but you can't argue with me if you accept a term with Gilbert and Ro- Gilbert Robinson. Yes. All right, for everybody out there, Rocco, let's go ahead and open up the phone lines. Listeners, the phone number is 913-586-7798. At the end of this and a, a few minutes, if you have a question for Paul, if you used to work for him, or if you're a customer, or you have some memories that you want to share so he understands, you can help me convince him that he truly is legendary in the Kansas City business. <laughs> 913-586-7798. Now, if you enjoy this show, please come out and support Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. That's the joint that my wife and I own. It's a bakery and cafe in 119th and Metcalf. We are two blocks east of Metcalf, across the street from Cheesecake Factory next door to Johnny's. Come out and see us. We're open today until 2, Monday through Friday. We're open from 8 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and I am always there to visit with you, share stories about this. You can yell at me about not doing a show, or you can give me a hug because you love the show that I did last week. Um, I got one of those yesterday. made my day. So uh, the next thing you do is go to the website, makethemsmile.com, and sign up for the email. I send, uh, try to send one out at least once a week. gives you an update on new products what's going on. Sometimes I'll give you a heads up on the, on the guests that I have coming. Now, this will be an incredibly fun and busy week at the bakery. We're still taking orders for, I have a brand new, it's called a cinnamon wreath. It's a cinnamon pull-apart wreath. And you can see the picture at makethemsmile.com. So I'm taking orders for those that you can pick up on Friday, Saturday, and the first time since, I think, the first Super Bowl, we're going to be open on Sunday from 8 o'clock to 12. So you can order that online to pick up fresh on Christmas Eve morning. And then we're also taking orders for the Christmas platters. You'll see that at the website. Now, the, uh, a little bit earlier to, um, in the show, I mentioned the Plaza 3 Steak Soup and how that's probably one of the top three specific food items that people miss. And that's, that's been my personal obsession. Bef- long before I did the show, I did all the research, found all the recipes online, tried them, it didn't work. And since then, I've interviewed and met with probably 20 different employees of the Gilbert Robinson, everything from some of the original founders when they came up with the concept for the high-end steakhouse for the plaza to chefs, to chef trainers, and to people that ran that. And what's interesting is that the Plaza 3 Steak Soup has actually had about three different generations where they changed the way that they made it and what was um, how they did it. So this soup is so good that I'm putting my name on it. It's called Robert's Kansas City Steak Soup. We have it by the court. We have it served at the restaurant. I think this is as good as any steak soup you'll ever have anywhere. 
and it's I do I do a lot of things different. There's no bouillon, there's no paste that's made with this. It's a hundred percent scratch made stock that I make myself. I use a lot of beef that I end up throwing away just to make the stock. But try it, you'll understand how good that is. All right, so Paul, so tell me. Um, so I saw an article that said you had like 1,800 employees. <clears throat> yeah. There was an article talking about July 4th. What do you do on July 4th? <laughs> on July 4th, we close all the restaurants and we um, take everybody, uh, all our team members and their families to Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun. Okay. And about 2 o'clock, we have a big lunch for everybody. And uh, Who caters that? Worlds of Fun. Okay. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah, the new chef over there is doing a great job. In okay. fact, we had a really good dinner this. That's got to be stressful knowing knowing that you're catering an organization like <laughs> yours. I don't know. We have so much fun. I'm you know wet. It from doesn't the, matter, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's having such a good time. Open it, bar helps too. Yeah, it does. And we have a DJ that plays, and, and then we give away Harleys. And uh, if you work for PB and J, Harleys. Yeah, Harley Davidsons. If you work for PB and J for 15 years, you get a Harley Davidson. And it doesn't matter. Who, what position you're in, everybody yeah. gets one that works for us for 15 years. And My son says I have a Guinness Book of World Records, he thinks, because I've bought 126 Harleys and given away 126 Harleys. Oh, Yeah, I've never uh, never owned one. Have you ever driven one? On the back. One? I've sat on the back of one. Well, I've never <laughs> driven one. So. And uh, my son Pat wanted a Harley, and um, his mother wouldn't let him have one. And so I got him a sea dew. And so I guess it's 125 Harleys and one sea dew. Really? Yeah, when he hit 15 years. Your poor so. kid. <laughs> the, 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 the one person that didn't get one. Yeah. So you seriously give everybody that's worked there? Yeah, an 883 Sportster. And uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. We, uh, I think two years ago we had nine, 10, or 11 Harleys we had to give away. And we we um, turned them all on at the same time at Worlds of Fun oh. and just cranked them up. And it yeah. was just this roar going through um, Worlds of Fun. And, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. People love it, and I can't believe when I get up there and, and give away the Harleys that uh, there's so many people that we're responsible for that, you know, because everybody brings their families and their kids. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a big deal. I, I, my dad worked for TWA, and um, one of the biggest things I remember about TWA was is they closed down Fairyland Park for TWA employees every year. And as a kid, I couldn't believe it that I could bring two friends to Fairyland Park and ride all the rides for free. And uh, I think that's kind of the way we came up with Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun from that yeah. being a kid when we did that with my dad. So I mean, take care of your employees like that. That's just, that's phenomenal. Thanks. Well, I mean, you, you back it up. You know, a lot of people try to say that, but I mean, you, 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 you've you yeah. grown a big business. It's successful, but you yeah. you actually live, you, you live it. You do well, it. I think, you know, the whole reason PB&J exists is to take care of ourselves and our families. And as soon as PB&J doesn't take care of me and my family, I got to go find a job. It's the same with all our team members, and they, um, you know, I think the, the the other thing about our PB and J is that we stick with people because you know when things are going really, really well and everything's mm -hmm. going well, get ready because something's going to happen. Your dog's going to get sick, or your car is going to break down, and um, or something you know, bad can happen. And we stick with people through those down times. I think that's why people stay with us, even though they can might be able to get higher pay somewhere else. They know that when they're in trouble, PB and J will stand behind them and yeah. help them. So. So out of so on the time frame you've done it, which was the toughest challenge? Nine eleven, the two thousand eight financial crisis, or COVID? Wow. Um, I think probably COVID, just because you know. I don't. We're we're still not out of it yet. No, just but you know. I mean, you, COVID's gone, but I mean the crisis that was created with COVID, the 
the employee crisis, the the price of ingre- the sheer price of ingredients is outrageous. It is. It's uh, you know, you're just constantly every day trying to find find things, and sometimes when you can't find them, you got to pay the high prices to get them. Yeah. I think I was paying $120 for a box of gloves, you know, yeah. and you had to have the gloves in yeah. the restaurant. And, had nothing to do with food cost or, or labor or anything, but you had to have a $120 box of gloves just to get them. You'd run to Costco, you know, Costco or Sam's, and see if they had a sale on them, and they were sold out all the time. Yeah, it's, uh, the expenses were amazing. And then um, I think the suppliers were all great that helped us through COVID, but the rent, some of the some of the uh, landlords were not that great Yeah, that helped through COVID. So, Well, you know, it's, it's hard to find vendors and people like that that, take the long view and appreciate what's going on. Yeah. Because I mean, we're not, we're not going to get through what we're going through right now unless we all work together. I, Cause it's brutal. Cause it's, I think there's a good 20, 30% of the restaurants out there right now are not going to be there in six months. It's hard. Yeah. It's difficult. It, uh, it's a sad deal, but uh, luckily we've, we've been real lucky. We got yeah. most of our staff is back. All our staff is back, I think, and uh, we've finally got enough servers, enough cooks to, to run the restaurants and run them well. And yeah. and uh, yeah, do you think the price of the food ingredients are going to come back down, or do you think they're just stuck this high? Well, I think chicken's coming back down a little bit. I've, I've seen that that's yeah. come down, but beef yeah. hasn't really come down yet. No. But. no, I think we're stuck with the inflation and everything. So I think the prices are going to be the way they are for a while. But hopefully, this inflation is uh, slowed down. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully the all the products that are coming in are getting into the ports and come in so we can get, yeah. get products now. So. Well, before we worry about things getting better, let's quit making it worse, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. We give, give us something to work with. All right, so um, uh, go ahead and put your headphones on. And Rocco, let's, let's go ahead and go to line one. Hank, are you there? I'm here, Robert. I have listened to every one of your shows. Oh, well, thank when you. I heard- when I heard you promoting your show on Toby's show, I said, certainly, Paul Corey is going to be your first guest. Uh-oh. And week after week after week, I say, where is Paul Corey? And finally, you have the king there today. So I have two questions to show what an impact Paul has had on our community. First, Paul, reflect for a moment, how many different people do you think you've employed in your career in all these different restaurants? And then secondly, what's your next restaurant concept? I'll hang up and listen. Thank oh. you, Hank. Thanks. Do you know Hank? I don't think so. All right. See, I don't know. He didn't use the word legendary, but it yeah. was implied. Yeah, Hank, thank you so much for that introduction. But, um, wow, we have uh, – last year we had over 3,000 team members, and then we sold some restaurants, and now we're at about 2,000 team members. And how many people we've employed in the last 30 – yeah, how many lives do you think you've touched? I have no clue. I've been, it's been thousands, though. I'm sure it's thousands oh, yeah, of people. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, I mean, just look at last week. You know, you had um, Diane. Diane, yeah. Diane Kraft. <laughs> you know, that was just a random person that was on my show yeah. that yeah. she said, oh, my gosh. She said she knows you, and you yeah. remembered her, which. Yeah, I see people all the time that say, hey, I used to work for you at Grandster. I used to work for you at, mm-hmm. up in North. And uh, I'm like, whoa, thanks. And then, um, okay, before I go to um, his second question, what do you think, if you stand back a little bit and, and, and avoid the awkwardness of me calling you a legend, what do you, what do you want and what do you think your lasting impact on the Kansas City food scene will be? Wow. I mean, that, that, that you wish that, you, that, that some people pay attention to that you think will make stand. 
that's a, think, in, in line with Gilbert Robinson. Yeah, I think um, you know we weren't tr- weren't afraid to try different concepts, and uh, we were um, we changed quickly as in the restaurant business. I think sometimes when you get bigger and bigger, you, you you quit changing quickly, and it takes a long time to change. Even though we have you know twenty or thirty operations now, we continue to try to change quickly. If somebody's got a better angel hair pasta than we do. We're going to change ours tomorrow and try to make it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lasting. I just hope we. People say, how do they always find such nice people? You know, because I think we really have the nicest people that work for us. And um, we'd like to be known as maybe 50 years from now as a nice company because we were really nice to our, our guests, nice to our team members, and nice to our suppliers and, and everybody. So hopefully that uh, if you're just kind. Uh, I was watching Cinderella with my granddaughter and I was about ready to fall asleep at the very end Cinder- of Princess Cinderella. What... Um, why are you being so nice to your stepsister and your stepmother? And she says, kindness has a value. Uh, kindness is, 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 uh, has a huge value. Yeah. And it does for me. I mean, when people are kind to me, and some people don't see me anymore, but I don't have any hair. When people are kind to me, I stand up straighter, my voice gets <laughs> deeper, and I feel like I got hair when people yeah. are nice to me. And that's really where we want to be. I think kindness is the kind company, the nice company. I like company. that. So. Yeah, it's sometimes it really is that simple. Yeah. So we're not going to see you in like three or four years hosting a Gordon Ramsay kind of restaurant competition are we no <laughs> haven't you ever wanted to just beat gordon ramsay for just one like five just minutes to yell for a second yeah yeah, yeah, I'd yeah just to. get out of your system <laughs> now that, my guess is that your fellow employees would just laugh if you did that because they know you weren't serious yeah. or would they be scared to death that they know. went too far i don't know yeah that's uh i came home when i was a gm at yaya's at uh annie santa fe one day and i told my wife uh, this one service that i'm intimidating can you believe she said, I'm intimidating? I'm not intimidating. What do you mean? I do everything I can for these people. What do you mean I'm intimidating? She goes, you are intimidating. I was like, oh, okay. And I was, you know, I was 20, 24, 25 yeah. years old. And I realized that, Have hey. Have to dial it down just yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's got to be nice. Nice to people and kind to them. So. All right. Okay, so um, for the caller, what's, your, what's the next concept? Yeah, we that got, we got a lot of things going on. Um, my son, Patrick, who's the president of the company now, is, uh, he is uh, complaining about working a lot. And I said, you're 42 years old. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And, uh, but These kids. Yeah. <laughs> These we kids. have a, a new uh, burn-in barbecue going in Conway, Arkansas. Uh, we have a new burn-in okay. bar. Is that the same as the, the one across the street from me, the no. burn-in barbecue? No, it's, it's a different concept. It's, uh, it's closer to the one in, in Crown Center, full bar, service, oh, okay. full bar and service. And it's on Conway. We have an interesting con- new uh, burn-ins going into Soto, Kansas. We took over that. Uh, Burger King was about a year old, and uh, we're going to do full bar, service, and a drive through And um, that should be really interesting in DeSoto, so we're really excited about that. It should open uh, in March. So was the the Burn-In Barbecue that's across the street from me, was that your first barbecue yeah. concept? Yes, yeah. It's really good. I Thank mean, it's, I, I, I love the Burn-Ins. I love the burgers. The onion straws are fantastic. Yeah. I- Great, aren't they? You yeah. just get a basket of those. And we don't even put them on the menu. We just put them on top of a few things. On top oh, it's of the... available as a side. Is it now? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Remember, no, it's available as a side. It's bowl. a big one. Yeah. It's a big side. Yeah. And then um, we have um, where my son's really gotten the management contracts. We're going to do the management contract up at um, Home Field, up by where uh, Schlitterbahn used to be. So okay. So got four or five concession stands and a couple of restaurants going in there. And, so, uh, so it's um so for the listeners out there, my guest today is Paul Corey, um, and so I oh I just got a text a while ago from John Francis, the younger John Francis. It's a great success story. Said he remembers you. Great job. 
Thank you. He loves what you, everything that you've done. Thanks. Thanks. So man. your performance as a dishwasher was was yes. a lasting legacy. Yes. Thank you. I remember breakfast was the best thing at John Francis when I was there. I remember we. Well, it was a big neighborhood joint. I mean, that's all the movers and shakers at the city of Overland Park. That's where they went. That's why the younger John Francis, when he was done with the restaurant, he went to go uh, work for the fire department. You know, that's pretty neat. It was a big part of the community. So what's a concept that you're not really working on that you think really is interesting that you know somebody's going to do a good job with it, do something new with it? Um, Can you think of anything? Yeah, I think we've thought about it. We're doing a... um, Mediterranean seafood restaurant, okay. Uh, whole fish, fresh whole fish coming in and grilling them on on charcoal, and um, maybe doing some bunch of food from uh, the Blue Zone. I, uh, Diane Kuchilis has got this Blue Zone cookbook where there's five Blue Zones in the world where people live to be triple digits, and okay. and maybe doing a restaurant from the from uh, with those recipes from the Blue Zone. So. Yeah. Well, med- med- Mediterranean food is a kind of a good hot yeah. uh, for good reasons. Yeah, and I think those those whole fish, and when you cook them fresh like that, it's just yeah. th- there's no different. There's nothing tastes like that. There's those whole fish that. Yeah, yeah. So that sounds like a natural fit for Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that there is that then, right? Okay. So is the whole concept of the old-fashioned pan-fried chicken really just gone forever? Is that just not economically feasible? I think Stroud's is still doing pretty well, aren't they? The, yeah. one, the one over there where Mimi's used to be, where they're yeah. on 135th. I always see tons of cars yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm not going to single anybody out, but I don't know how many places still do straight-up pan-fried chicken, not deep-fried chicken. Yeah. Because, I mean, there, there, is, there is a big difference. I mean, if you look right. at the science right. of it and you talk to, talk to, you know, talk to a grandma who's, who's done it for 50 years, there is a difference. Yeah. It's... Uh, it is totally different. It's funny when we have fried chicken, and my grandkids come over, and my wife's made the fried chicken, yeah. and it's just like, it's like I'm the best grandfather in the whole world, even though she made it. I'm yeah. like, okay, we're having fried chicken tonight, and yeah. It's How, a, does she pan fry it, or what does she do? Um, she bakes it first, okay, and then put, fries it. Yeah, so she's kind of got a. Oh. There, there, there's a friend of mine that I'm trying to get back to the show. He lives down Lake of the Ozarks right now, but he used to have a food truck, uh, Wilma's. Food truck that had the best fried chicken I've ever had in my yep. entire life. Wow. Marinade, I, 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 I don't know, but my guess, I think he marinated it in buttermilk, then he sous vide the chicken, you know, to keep it juicy, yeah. and then just breaded it and flash fried it for the crunchiness on the outside. That's amazing. Which is, again, that's not economically feasible in a restaurant. Yeah, I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm you're really not gonna, you're hungry. not gonna do 500 covers, you know, doing it doing fried chicken that no, way. No, I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. All right, so so Paul, so you know, I'm 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 not a journalist. I'm not. This is something I just do for fun. What have I missed the boat on? What is it that I probably should ask about that people will yell at? Because I get nasty emails and texts from people who's like, "Why in the world didn't you do ask about this?" <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what what the restaurant, but oh oh, I know. I'll ask you. What restaurant do you really miss eating at from the '80s? From the eighties, yeah, seventies and eighties. Oh, I used to take my wife to letter first dates with letter bottle, the leather bottle and the okay. cork, cork and cleaver. Oh yeah, Those we were, had them on. We talked about that for a little oh, yeah. bit. Those were great restaurants to go have, especially first dates when you're dating somebody. And yeah, Kim brought in a couple of the old leather bottles with the menu printed on oh, it. Oh yeah, they're great. That was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, when we were going to do the burn ends down at Crown Center, we I was asking for some extra money to to re, redo the place. 
And they were saying, well, that's not, um, there's not that much deferred maintenance we need to do. And I said, guys, I came here for prom, and it was Crystal Pavilion in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need to redo some restaurants. We need to redo yeah. the restaurants. So. But, uh, yeah, Crystal Pavilion was an amazing restaurant. And um, what was the restaurant Brookside? That uh, great chef. Huh. It was right there on Brookside. Um, Chateaubriand. Okay. Yeah. Went to prom there. When, probably junior prom. That was amazing. I forget the name of the chef. He was famous. Um, yeah, those are some restaurants I miss. All right. Well, then, after the show today, or if you can think of them, who, who can you think of that I need to have on the show to share stories? Because part of what I'm doing here is that I want these stories to be heard. I don't want them lost forever. Yeah. So I started the show January 14th was my very first show. And the, what I, my, when I started ink the deal with the station um, in the middle of December, I started making calls right before that. The very first guest I wanted to have was Carl DeCapo. Yeah. You know, I really Amazing. wanted to have him, and I got John David and, and found out that Carl had caught COVID in o- October, November, so he wasn't quite well enough yet. And I never did get him on the show because he passed, I think, this summer. Yeah. Never really covered him. But I would have loved to have heard the stories from him. Yeah, amazing. You know, you know I'd, I'd love the Mike Murphy show. I think if he were around, I have no doubt he would do my show. You know, yeah. some of those people. So who can you think of that? You know, Ken, I'm going to have Ken Hill back because yeah. I think he has a few more stories in him. But who can you think of that that deserves to have their stories told here in Kansas City? Yeah, uh, my ex-partner, Bill Crooks. He was okay. uh, Annie Santa Fe in Bristol Bar and Grill and and uh, now at Chicken Pickle fame. He's yeah. over there. and uh, That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I think Bill would be great, have okay. some stories. And then the king of hospitality is still Rick Gillardi. I mean, I reckon. What does he do now? He runs, I, he runs Grand Street in Lenexa. And I, oh, okay. Yeah. Does he really? Yeah, but he was the, the, we were so lucky. We got him. He was the general manager of Houston's on the plaza. Okay. And he was there for many years. And so I'm sure he's got some Houston stories from, uh, and plaza stories from being down there. Well, I'll have to ask for, is yeah. he there all the time? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll ask for him next time I go in. Yeah, him and Christy. And uh, I think those would be great. Great okay. people to talk to. Uh, well, Mike Garozo, who his restaurant's 35 years old also. Yeah. Garozo's is 35. I, I, I think, think I'm planning on having him on in, gosh, I think in maybe uh, January. Yeah, what a, what a great guy. I mean, he's probably the nicest guy in Kansas City. Yeah. He, he's such a nice guy. I don't know. That's, there's a lot of people in this town that, that it's, this is one of the nicest metro-sized cities yeah. that I've ever been to. Yeah. I mean, just that if you look at all the links that we have and all the different, you know, the way everybody connects, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, and you know, Ed Gieselman has Jose Peppers and um, and and Cactus Grill. He's he's his company's now I think over thirty years old yeah. now too, and he was uh, he's been through all the stories in Kansas City okay. also. So well, we'll talk in the next couple of days. Um, okay. See if you can help me get some of these people because it's it's it wasn't my original goal when I did this show, but. Uh, when I missed out on Carl DeCapo and then when the stories that I'm uh, that I'm hearing now is just that, that I need to hear them. They yeah. need to be saved. He was like the the president of restaurants in Kansas City. I mean, you needed something. He asked Carl mm-hmm. at the Restaurant Association. Carl was oh the guy. yeah yeah. You know that, that's I guess Ron Reagan was pretty active. He knows a lot yeah. of different people. I've had um, Ed Holland was fantastic. Oh yeah, Ed. Yeah. You know he's been on my show a couple different times. Yeah, my wife loves him. She always dropped off a little miniature rose. Oh, yeah. 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 Made my wife really oh, impressed I mean, my it's wife. It's just amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. competitive. I, he is it, he's the most interesting human being. So he's extremely competitive on growing miniature roses 
on the on the circuit, right? Yeah. He's also a very competitive bird dog trainer. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, it's it's, it's just uh, there's probably not too many people in the country that share those two interests no, to, 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 yeah. to that degree. So I- yeah, so I know uh, next, um, going in January, I'm going to have um, several people from uh, Joe's Barn. No, oh. that that's going to be a fun show. I'm going to have a show on um, Ruby's Soul Food. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Ever went there. So I've got probably about four different people that had ties to that, to that restaurant. Yeah, it was a big deal when my parents took me to Joe's Barn when I was in, you know, teenager. That was, and then the other big deal was when my, my father took us to Pooch's Cafeteria, and I couldn't believe I could oh. pick whatever I wanted. And uh, did you say eat or drink? Eat, eat. Okay, Pooch's. Yeah. yeah, I could just pick out whatever I wanted going down that cafeteria line. That was amazing. So, well, you know, that's you know the forum. Yeah, uh, yeah, Pooch's. Yeah. Um, even first cafeteria. First, yeah. You know that that it was, a, maybe at the very end it wasn't, but I mean for the longest time it was scratch made food. Yeah, and you could have a, you could have a little of about eight different things. Yeah, yeah. When those disappeared, that was that's that was a sad thing. Yeah, I wonder if you could bring a cafeteria back and do that again. That was, you know, I, I mean, how many restaurants are there that make everything from scratch? I mean, because that's what made it that's what made it special. Yeah. I mean, if you're just doing a cafeteria that everything's just brought in from... I guess you can still get them in the hospitals, so... Yeah, yeah, so I guess you can still do that. I, I don't think that's quite the experience no, it that, wasn't we, the same, that, that no. we really missed Not back the then. All right, I got to tell you, thank you very much for coming Thanks. in today. I hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, it was an honor for you to invite me in. I, I, I think guests, we'll so. be doing another show again sometime soon. For the listeners out there, be sure to come by and see us this week at Best Regards Bakery and Cafe. We're at 119th in Glenwood in Overland Park. That's two blocks east of Metcalf. We're across the street from Cheesecake Factory, across the street to the south from Burnt Inn Barbecue, and we're also next door to Johnny's. Remember that this is the month to spread joy and happiness, and we want to be a part of that, whether that is meeting friends for breakfast, lunch, or a treat for your gifting needs. Be sure to show what we, um, let us show you what we've been doing for the last 30 years. And lastly, don't forget that this and all of our shows are available on all podcast platforms. Just search for Kansas City Food Memories. Thank you, Jordan. Or not Jordan. Thank you, Paul. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. And Rocco, good job in there handling that one phone call that we got today. Hope you're not too stressed yeah, out thanks, from that. Thanks, Hank. I forgot. Thank you, Hank, for those questions. Oh, yeah, that was great. good. That was, um, I, I got a text from him because I think he was concerned I wasn't going to let you answer that second oh. question oh. on that one. Come out and see us at Best Regards. We have specials on gift certificates. Robert's Kansas City Steak Soup. Thank you, everybody. This concludes this broadcast of Kansas City Food Memories.